and welcome to our next episode of Uttering Engineers. This is going to be our episode four uh, of our podcast, and this is a podcast made by engineers for engineers. Um, also, you've probably noticed already that we have uh, a guest here with us, but I will let my co-host uh, introduce him. And just as a reminder, <laughs> I'm one of your co-hosts, Shabak Kanwar. And hey, everybody. As always, I'm Eric, one of the co-hosts as well. Uh, before we jump right in, uh, I would like to quickly do a land acknowledgement. So all the work for this episode has been done in Treaty 7 territory, the traditional land of the Blackfoot nations, including the Siksika, the Pikani, and Kainai, and the Sutina First Nation, and also the Stony Nakoda First Nations, including the Chiniki, Bearspaw, and Wesley First Nations. We recognize that we reside on treaty land, but all of these treaties have not been honored. So in the spirit of reconciliation, we affirm and celebrate that for centuries, the Inuit, Métis, and First Nations people have lived and gathered on these lands that they call home. Now, today, our guest for the first time is a first year. We generally just get old people on here, I think. Uh, <laughs> so I'm happy to introduce Hitain. He's one of our first year reps on ESS and has been helping out behind the scenes mostly with the podcast. So Hitain, would you like to introduce yourself further? Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for having me on. I'm Hitain. Uh, like Eric said, I'm a first year rep at ESS and I've also uh, been helping out with a lot of the behind the scenes work. And I'm a first year, just like a lot of the people who are probably listening to this podcast. Uh, so hopefully I can give some insights. Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, Turns out there's actually a reason why we have the youngins uh, involved in this episode. <laughs> uh, and that's because uh, it's that time of year uh, for, for first years where you have to start thinking about which, uh, which major you want to go into, what discipline you want to choose for the rest of your life, and you're going to be locked in <laughs> and you'll never be able to. And uh, you have a few more days to decide, basically. Um, and that's why we decided to have this episode come out a little bit before uh, program placement deadlines and, and you know, this core period of, of decision making um, after you've sort of had a feel for the courses in, in the second semester as well. Yeah, so I want to give a disclaimer before we really delve into this. This is not hard advice. You shouldn't use this as the main resource to try to choose what major you want to get into in engineering. Um, it's nice that we have the flexibility, though, because at U of C, we have a first year common and then get to branch out into what we decide. Um, so just use this as one of the many resources that is available to you. So Shavek and I as upper years will be telling our stories, going through what justifications we used when we chose what majors we ultimately landed in. And Hitain will be sharing to, I guess, his thought process about why he might be leaning one way or another with choosing a major but by no means should you use this as your only source just take this as fun stories that you can use to hopefully guide you and uh, actually exactly to to your point eric what do you mean by only source because i know people you know people have different processes of of being able to decide their their majors so what sort of processes did you use what sort of like you know tools or or resources did you use to be able to, to pick your major? Yeah, so my story, I guess, would be not as helpful because I 
um, as I mentioned before, I guess in previous episodes, I came from another degree. I already have a bachelor's in neuroscience. And from there, I already knew what I wanted to do. I, when I did neuroscience, I fell in love with the tech side of all the stuff that was going on. So coming in, I knew electrical, biomed, 100%. That's exactly what I want to do. I want to make cool brain, computer interfaces. And I stuck with that. It also helped that when I actually got in and did my first year courses, I really enjoyed the first year electrical courses more than I did, let's say, statics or chem courses. I didn't really like those. So that really reaffirmed my decision that I wanted to do it. But I had that idea coming in and I never really deviated too much from the course in my first year. After first year, though, whole different story. <laughs> yeah, I think I've also mentioned, similar to you in, in the previous episode, that I, I kind of knew that I wanted to go into mech because originally I wanted to go into aerospace um, and, and mechanical was sort of the closest thing. But that being said, in first year, I, I was a little indecisive too um, because I did all the courses in the core uh, 10 and then I realized that I bombed the one course that was supposed to be associated with mech or like you could argue statics is associated with mech, but uh, 201 is typically associated with mech and chem also. So I bombed that and I was like, well, I don't know. Uh, and I aced like the circuits course on 233 and like started loving coding and all of that stuff. So I was like, okay, maybe I should do electrical. So I could not decide if I should do electrical or mech. And I would convincing myself that, you know, I could still go into aerospace with electrical. Like it's, it's still a thing. We're good. Um, but eventually I decided to go into mech because it's a little bit more broad uh, and uh, I can still deviate towards the electrical side when I want to. Um, and I think that's something that's important to actually note here. Uh, I was making a joke about this when we started the episode, but once you come into a major, you're not really, you're not really stuck in that major um, necessarily. You can you can switch between majors. Yeah, sometimes it takes another year, but um, it might be worth it. Uh, and you can also switch minors if you really wanted to. Uh, in our time, I say that like we're 50, but in our <laughs> time, uh, there were specializations. So you could switch out of a specialization into a minor or, or the other way around, depending on what you were interested in. Um, so you're not really locked in. There are options and there's ways to do that and we'll get to that in a little bit but before moving too far along Hitain, what what has your struggle been your your thought process <laughs> been of, of being uh, deciding your major i mean grade 12 in itself is a big decision sort of what degree you want to pursue um so right off the back of that having to make another big decision about uh what major you want to pursue for the next four or five years um, it's, it's a big decision. And I think one of the biggest things that's sort of helped clarify things for me uh, is talking to people who are already in uh, the majors I'm interested in. So uh, right when I got into university and even before, uh, I reached out to some people who were in uh, majors like software and electrical or uh, geomatics and just asked, hey, what does uh, your study look like? What are you hoping, to, what field are you hoping to go into? A lot of that stuff has sort of really clarified things and helped me. But even then, uh, I know it, it's it's a tough decision and I often find uh, myself sort of wondering, hmm, maybe, maybe it's better off if I try going for this or 
So it, it's, it's definitely a tough decision. Right now I'm leaning uh, a lot more into software. And I think one of the biggest reasons is I've already got some experience there and I know I enjoy it. Um, so that's, that's one of the factors that's helped me. A quick question. You said you reached out to, I think, other students. Did you reach out to professionals as well in the field or mostly just students already in those majors? Um, I mainly reached out to students and I guess it was uh, it was a good way to start a conversation too. So it's a lot uh, less intimidating to just uh, reach out to a student you might already uh, have met before. Um, but professionals, no. Cool. So let's say if you wanted to go delve deeper into what it is, because maybe for some people, just reaching out to other students would be enough to help their decision. But I know there would be people who really want to see many, many years going forward, what choosing a major, what uh, career path there would be. So Shavek, what would be the best way to kind of go about delving in further. There's a buzzword for that. It's called networking. Um, <laughs> and, and I know, I know it's a very intimidating word in first year uh, and just generally, but um, you, you have to start putting yourself a little bit out there. Um, and that's not because it, with no end goal in mind, I think is the most genuine connection you can make with people. Like you're not trying to land a job with these people. You're just trying to understand their experience um, and see where they're coming from because you are either inspired by them or you're just trying to be informed of what these decisions are. And honestly, people are pretty open to, to cold messaging them on LinkedIn. Um, if you're a first year engineer and you find somebody you think is, is, is a good role model or somebody interesting, just don't connect with them randomly, message them and like write an actual message of why you're messaging them and what types of things you want to ask them. Um, family members are, are also a good resource. And another thing is if you speak to upper years, um, they typically know students who have graduated a few years ago and are already working in industry. So you can get some input from them too. I, I definitely have a better understanding of mechanical is, you know, now because my friends are working in industry already and I know what sort of experiences they have um, and if I will enjoy that work or, or, or not. Um, just to add to that, networking goes a long way. Because even though I'm in first year, uh, I'm pretty sure the job fairs weren't, <laughs> I wasn't the target audience for those. Uh, but still, when I went there and just talked to the companies that were hiring, even though I wasn't um, trying to actively look for a job, just asking about what kind of uh, engineer are they looking for? What does a day in the life look like for them? Uh, I think that went a long way into sort of help clarify what does a job actually look like because your degree uh, although it seems like it's gonna be a while is a short portion of your life so uh, knowing what the career looks like at the end is also a really important factor you have a really good point there it is a it is a small port portion of your life if you really think about it it's a four four to six <laughs> years maybe um, it seems like a really big deal right now but like a more I guess macroscopic view 10 years down the line, you're like, people forget what they did in their degrees. Um, and, and career paths change. I, I don't, don't quote me on this, but I remember uh, people from like a Pega or, or some of these boards telling me that um, you can actually get your PNG uh, that's professional engineering um, sort of that stamp or that, that actual label where you can call yourself an engineer. You can get your PNG in any engineering discipline as long as you can prove that you have experience in it. 
So what that means is, for example, if you're, let's say, a mechanical engineer and you see that your experiences are more in line with structural engineering or specifically more civil engineering, if that's your passion and you start liking that kind of work, you can you can become a PNG and take your PNG in civil engineering as long as you can justify that that's where your experience lies. So you're not tied to that one major even in the future. And I'm just going to give a minor example of personally. I'm in mechanical. My research is in microbiology and chem and my capstones in software. None of this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's just what you're interested in and it could be different disciplines at the end of the day. Yeah, I think it's important to note that coming out of an engineering degree you don't really it's not meant to give you all the tools you need from the start once you graduate you're not an engineer yet you still need to do a lot of on-the-job training and everyone realizes that so even if you want to switch later on do something that you find interesting you have the toolbox that problem-solving toolbox in your pocket you're good to go you can learn that on the job because you know how to learn. That's what university teaches you, how to learn. Um, I do kind of want to go back, though, to back to our topic at hand, which is selecting these majors, because we've touched, I guess, on talking to people who are, are already in there. Another thing that the university provides or Schulich provides is a lot of cool resources through the faculty itself. One of the things is the Engineering Career Center. And unlike our year, Shivek, when we had to choose, they've actually released a whole bunch of videos per major about what to expect. Uh, how long are they? I don't, I don't even know. They're I about look. 40 to 50 minutes, and they're pretty uh, informative. Yeah, that would have been useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you want to... Um, access those videos. They're just in the Engineering Career Center D2L shell. Uh, if you just go to ECC event resources and then down to program placement, uh, there's one video for every major and it's a lot of uh, question and answer periods as well as um, some professors talking about what their major looks like. So those are so those are definitely some amazing resources. For sure. And and um, I'm going to I'm going to pivot this just a little bit. Uh, Last thing I'm going to mention about Schulich resources, though, for now, is uh, there's also Schulich advisors. And and to Eric's point, when we started up with our disclaimer, we are experts in this. Uh, don't take this as your only piece of advice. But if there's somebody you want to speak to and get a, a maybe an understanding of the scheduling and and other components to it, not just what the discipline's about, um, and and your feasibility and your interests, uh, then then academic advisors through Schulich are probably their best bet. Um, and they are available for drop-ins, uh, I believe, from 11 to 4 every day uh, through QLIS. So you can sign up. They'll send you an email with the link, and you should be able to, to speak to an advisor. Um, but to my next point, there's I, I've spoken to students, and personally, I had the same uh, sort of debate. Now, okay, I got my major, but my major kind of depends on what minor I have with it. So the combination is very important, too. Um, so now I believe there's like, there's aerospace, there's digital, there's biomed, there's, um, I'm probably, oh, mechatronics is a general, general one now. Um, there's a few, there's a few, if I'm forgetting any, please, please remind me, but how do you sort of balance those, um, those minors with the major? It's so much more intimidating now. Back when we did it, it was just like, <laughs> when you go choose from your first year, you had two specializations to choose from. That's it. 
Now you have, what, six? <laughs> it really feels like you, when you choose, you are siloed into that one thing because you've chosen your major. You've also chosen a minor. You feel that you have that strict path you have to follow. I'm mech aerospace. I'm going to do aerospace, but don't, don't, don't believe that you have to stick with it. But yeah, sorry. I totally wanted to interject there because it just seems so much more overwhelming now. Definitely. Um, and, and Tane, please feel free to give your input on this, but yeah, I would definitely be overwhelmed in this case as well. And I, I do want to state one more thing here that maybe the advisors are not going to be happy with me saying, um, <laughs> There's there's a difference between, um, I didn't know this, it took me a while to understand this, but there's a difference between Schulich minors and minors for your degree. Um, you're, I think you're only allowed to take one Schulich minor in your degree, uh, and the advisors advise against taking more than one in, in most scenarios. However, based on the university protocol, you're allowed to take two minors. One can be Schulich and one can be outside of Schulich, um, and you can take any other minor. This also means that if you have an interest in a different industry, for example, that's not offered as a Schulich minor, you can take a minor in a different field outside of Schulich and still develop your, your sort of skill set to, to cater to that. So an example is I know in my year, one of the loopholes was that there was a way to take a minor in bio, uh, bio sci and take an engineering degree and you could still end up being a biomedical engineer, quote unquote, at that time. Now, <laughs> now it's a major, so it's a different scenario. But things like music or uh, philosophy or whatever, whatever you're interested in, you know, there are options to, to take that um, outside of Schulich. So you can try evaluating that with whatever major you choose as well. Not to make it more confusing. <laughs> um, I was wondering, though, do you know, I guess, how how selective these minor programs are now? I remember when we did specialization stuff, it was entirely GPA-based, which I'm so glad it changed out of it, but I'm not too sure about the model for the other minors. Are they very GPA-based? Are they more holistic? Do you guys know? Uh, my understanding is they're they're more holistic now, um, and it does depend on the minor. So I believe the biomed minor still requires you to answer three three general questions about um, to basically showcase your merit in the program, as well as a GPA. Um, but the rest of them, I think at this point, they've Schulich has sort of evolved and, and gone in the direction of as long as you do all of the core courses well, you pass in your first year and you have like a decent GPA and decent is, trust me, very flexible, um, you will get into whatever you want to get into. And, and now everything being online too, my understanding is they've been using it as a way to evaluate how many more seats to increase or decrease in different programs. And it's a lot... Um, less difficult with without physical seating in physical spaces right now. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> no, 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 that, that totally, totally does. Hitain, any any thoughts of any minor programs you want to jump into? Um, I think one of the one of the great things about being interested in engineering is you find a lot of uh, minors and majors really interesting and things you would uh, see yourself pursuing. But then that's also the downside because it makes it really hard to choose. Um, so before I mentioned, uh, I was a bit indecisive uh, originally in grade 12 between going into a health science field uh, or an engineering field. 
Um, and I think the nice thing about engineering is um, by taking a biomed uh, minor, perhaps, you could really uh, incorporate that other side that you're interested in. So I think a minor is a great way to sort of uh, get multiple interests in. It just seems we're, we're a little, uh, what's the word, overrepresented right now with biomed here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been trying very hard. Trust, trust us listeners, we've been trying very hard to be, you know, as inclusive as possible when it comes to uh, majors and, and disciplines. But somehow there's a phenomenon where we always end up with biomeds people, uh, <laughs> no matter how hard we try. Um, yeah, draw what, what conclusions, conclusions you want to, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely not the best program out there. Um, I have air quotes for people just listening. Um, but... I, I do want to say, uh, going back to the topic, I just want to sort of summarize some of the things that we talked about. Um, so picking your major, we know, is, is a difficult process. There are resources like the ECC, the Engineering Career Center. There are academic advisors you can speak to. Uh, there's Ask an Upper Year. That's a program that's uh, started from um, the ESS. Uh, there are mentors that you can develop. I would encourage you to join various clubs if possible, or speak to people who have, um, you know, moved on from school and are working in industry. Use all of the tools you have right now uh, to reach out to as many people as you want to get a good understanding of these disciplines, uh, because there are a lot of misconceptions about the disciplines that do come out of first year and not all the courses are representative of what those majors are. Another thing I'd like to point out as a summary point is when people get into their majors a year or two down the road, um, I've seen people lose passion in their majors. And then third and fourth year, when they get more and more specific um, into that major, then the passion sort of reignites because it's, it's more suited to that program. Um, so make sure that you know what the, the scheduling looks like for the rest of the degree. You know what other courses are involved. So you know that... Um, you know what, this is a hard semester and this is generic as heck. And this means this is not what that degree is. The next semester is a little bit more indicative or more interesting to what I want to do. Um, and I think the last thing I want to mention, and please feel free to add into other things, but uh, you're not stuck in your program. There are options. I've literally received an email like a week ago uh, talking about minor selection and changing the minor you're in uh, while being in a degree. So there are there are ways to get out and escape if you need to. <laughs> um, I do have a question. So you mentioned uh, misconceptions uh, for first years about their degrees. Um, so I know for first years, uh, we look at our common core classes and we use that to sort of judge uh, what a major is going to look like. For example, we might look like uh, we might look at Eng 225 and be like, oh, maybe that's how electrical is going to be. So I just wanted to ask uh, the much more experienced upper years, um, how accurate are those? Not really. Uh, the only reason they introduce you with those concepts is because they are the easiest ones and kind of give you that baseline. Uh, I'll use electrical as an example. Uh, none of the courses I'm taking this semester have anything to do with circuits. It's all coding. It's all machine learning stuff using Python and MATLAB. And you wouldn't be able to guess that from basic circuits. Maybe you would think that's more of a software thing, but I guess those two really blend together anyways, to an extent, I suppose. But 
yeah, nothing I did in first year electrical I am doing now. If anything, the only course in first year that has been truly useful to the stuff I'm doing right now is linear algebra. Um, I, I do also just want to say, and I know this is again, beyond the, just the major selection, but, um, when, when, and if you do get into the major that you've chosen, uh, and you start doing some of those courses, the reason why I'm saying it's important to know what those courses contain is because I think from what I've seen and heard, UFC is very inclined to focus on a lot of the theory in a lot of the courses and the subjects we talk about, which means let's say you're interested in automation and engineering or in, in mechanical engineering, um, and you want to work on cars. Well, to be honest, I think there's all the courses have a place when it comes to automation and mechanical, but if you really want to get some experience and get into that field, that's up to you, whether it be through clubs or personal experiences or all these things. And to be honest, you could do that outside of mech too. Um, and I don't mean outside of engineering, but I mean outside of just that discipline, right? So it, that's why I'm saying it's very important to know what those courses are ahead and also know what those core courses are, are not just representative of what that rest of the rest of the degree even looks like. Because again, a lot of the first year courses are very theoretical. Uh, it, I think the only one that's probably not is Eng 200. Uh, yeah. And our, our year was a brilliant year where we had to build a Rube Goldberg machine that meant no offense, but absolutely nothing to my entire degree. Um, so like, yeah. So my key takeaway from that, I guess, is a degree is a lot more than just one class. So if you think you're perhaps interested in a major, um, and you didn't do great in a class you would associate with that, uh, that might not be like an instant veto. Don't get discouraged by it because a degree isn't just defined by one class. Yeah, the path you take to is it's so, and it's going to be cliche, but your path is your own. It's very individual. You might be an electrical and want to join GNCTR, which is a very civil-based club. You can do that. And by branching out and doing those things you're passionate about further on, you find these intersections that you never would have thought of before and can forge your own path. So just because one course doesn't go well doesn't mean you should give up on your passion because of an arbitrary number on a piece of paper. Definitely. I, I got this one piece of advice to uh, going to the career fairs, actually, uh, when you speak to industry people and they start telling you about what they look for. Um, don't over, uh, I, I was told to don't, don't like overpack your degree. Don't try to do uh, this, all, this happens. Don't try to do two majors, a minor and a concentration in something because you want to hit as many things as possible in the industry. Um, I was told that it's better to do one or two things that you're interested in and try to be really good at them uh, or try your best to be, to invest your time into it uh, rather than try to pack as many things as possible. And I think we, we kind of get lost in that process when we're choosing a major as well uh, because we have all of these options available to us. Yeah. And even when choosing and taking too much account into your GPA, speaking from experience, a lot of the people that are hiring you, didn't have great GPAs. So they're, they're not going to take that into huge account <laughs> unless you're trying to get into Garmin or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think it is very, it is very um, industry specific uh, that, but like biomed is, is a, I think a different ball game, but 
still the networking in an early stage helps. But anyways, uh, I do think we're uh, we're reaching our time for this episode. Uh, so I'd like to wrap up this episode to say thank you, Hitain, for joining us as a first year. Um, if you have more questions, bug Hitain. Uh, <laughs> uh, if, if you have more questions, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, this is a shameless plug uh, on our uh, IG. It's going to be uttering, at Uttering Engineers. You can find us through ESS on Facebook at um, Engineering Student Society of University of Calgary. Um, you can also find us just through our ESSU Calgary um, page and uh, yeah, we'd be more than happy to answer your questions, help out as much as possible. We know we're not experts, but we can definitely direct you to the people who are. Um, yeah. Uh, before we go, though, Hitain, do you have any shameless plug that you want to put out there? Your Any social media, anything, anything at all. <laughs> this is your time. Uh, I would love to keep plugging uh, Uttering Engineers. Uh, it's an amazing, <laughs> it's an amazing podcast. The like when you guys invited me to come on, I accepted instantly because uh, I'm already a fan of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no bias. He's definitely not on the team. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, thank you. And this has been uh, episode four on how to choose your engineering major uh, with the Uttering Engineers and engineering podcast brought to you by engineers. Hope, Hope this helped. helped. Sorry, Sorry, we were, were so, so off topic, topic at points. At points. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.